This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Tonic, heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. Our bodies are so intelligent that they'll get to a point where like, yeah, you know what? Been there, done this. I don't need to change anymore. So the key thing is changing the stimulant so that your body has to adapt in a healthy way and then supporting that adaptation with proper nutrition or supplements to cause change. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness-related issues. This week, we're going to discuss optimizing weight loss and weight management, the ins and outs of polyamory, and the five things your yoga teacher wants to tell you but doesn't. But first, a little bit of business. Support for today's show comes from Purica. Inspired by nature and backed by science, Purica creates new horizons in health and wellness by empowering you with the finest whole foods, supplements, and lifestyle solutions. The Purica vision is a world where you achieve your fullest potential in every aspect of life, work, and play. Purica products are inspired by nature and are all vegan, non-GMO, and gluten-free. Purica natural supplements are also backed by science and Health Canada approved, studied, tested, validated. Purica, a winner of Science and Technology Awards for Innovation, is Canadian-owned and Canadian-operated and proud to serve the world around us. The Purica roster of whole food products and natural supplements includes the flagship product Recovery for whole body health and pain relief, a suite of immunity products such as Purica Prevent and Purica Prevail, Immune 7, and Complete 360 to protect you and your family a series of micronized medicinal mushrooms and specialized formulations for weight loss, vitality, and menopause relief, along with the new whole food products such as Purica Purola Granola Bars and Purica Power Vegan Protein. In addition to people products, Purica is also proud of the Purica Pet Line for small animals such as dogs, cats, and Purica EQ for horses. Our first guest today is Melissa Blair. She's a training coach and one of Canada's foremost global fitness competitors. She's a member of the team of Purica Ambassadors committed to providing you with healthy eating and training tips. For more information, check out Purica Ambassador Melissa Blair and her blogs at purica.com or email her at melissa at getfitlicious.com. That's G-E-T-F-I-T-L-I-C-I-O-U-S dot com. Hey, Melissa, welcome. Thank you. Hello. How are you today? I'm great. Okay, so you know what's going to happen in the next uh, little while. All those people who've chosen weight loss at their resolution... It ain't going to happen. They ain't going to stick with it, right? <laughs> right? Am I right? Well, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> you don't think so? You know, my experience is that resolutions, and in particular weight loss, you know, it's, it's a hard one to keep. Why, why do you think that is? I think no one likes to lose. So when you say that your goal is to lose weight, then you've lost. <laughs> so I think that the focus has to shift to what are you going to gain this new year? Okay. Are you going to gain health? Are you going to gain a healthy habit that's going to help you shed excess weight? But I think shifting from losing to winning is key. So don't focus on the numbers. Focus on the process of getting yourself healthy and everything will sort of fall into place. Is that sort of it? Yeah. Okay. 
So, you know, that's weight loss, which is hard in and of itself. And I live that. I, you know, I, it took me a year, but I actually lost 52 pounds. That's awesome. Congrats. And that was actually the impetus to start the magazine, which eventually became this talk show. I mm-hmm. used to be a commercial litigator for 19 years, and I was just sort of manifestly unhappy with the way things were and, and decided to make a change. It wasn't a resolution, though. Right. And that was hard. But I find, and and that was over 10 years ago, the the really hard part is actually keeping the weight off. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you today was why is keeping the weight off so much harder than losing the weight? It all starts in the mind. So whenever I'm working with a client or whenever I'm addressing my own fitness journey, I look at it as that. So there is a start point. And then, so there's an A to a B. And most people get from A to B. So in your case, you've lost this weight, you've gotten from A to B. And then it's sort of like, and then what? So you have to install that next goal before you get to B. So you have to have C in sight before you get to B. Because once you get to B, you can get complacent. You can hit that plateau. And then if you don't have a next periodized plan, a strategy in place to keep you hungry, to go, there was a catalyst that made you lose that weight. You were unhappy, right? right? So you installed these new habits. It got you to where you are. And now it's like, and now what? So that's where you have to dig in, maybe get a coach, get a new strategy to get to a new point. Yeah, it didn't click in that I needed new goals or even new strategies to get to other goals for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was treading water for a bit, you mm-hmm. know, theoret- not literally. Right. I, but, <laughs> then we're but, swimming. Not exactly. No, we, we weren't swimming. But, you know, I would create little micro goals mm-hmm. for myself. Yeah. You know, when you get your fitness level up, you can always be healthier or fitter. There's always something to do, but it isn't necessarily on the same tangent. So, for example, when I was losing my weight, I was focusing on a lot of aerobic work. Right. Whereas Whereas now I do a lot more weight training. Right. So I would say I was still interested in, in sort of keeping my health, but the the means to doing that changed for me. Right. Do you find that that's the case with, with the people that you, you train with? I think it's really important to keep diversity part of your plan. I get bored really easily. So I, I always say to my clients, like, you know, the great thing is we will never do the same workout twice. We right. will do reps and sets in a particular phase of a program based on what their needs are. But if you just do the same thing every day, like our bodies rather are so intelligent that they'll get to a point where like, yeah, you know what? Been there, done this. I don't need to change anymore. So the key thing is changing the stimulant so that your body has to adapt in a healthy way and then supporting that adaptation with proper nutrition or supplements to cause change. Okay. So uh, sort of keeping the body off kilter, changing up the stimuli to so that the body doesn't get used to the same old mm-hmm. routine. What else would you recommend to sort of keeping weight off in the long term? Again, keeping weight off should not be the goal as okay. much as finding your healthy place. Okay. So finding a routine of habits that make you feel alive. Okay, so can you give an example like what what those habits might look like? So something might look like, okay, do you eat out more than you eat in? How much are you in control of the nutrients that are going into your body? So if you've mastered working out, like you get to the gym, that's not a problem, you're liking that, but you know there's an area with nutrition that you can can take the reins a bit more, then that's very empowering because then you know what's going into your body. Creating healthy sleep patterns, so recovery is happening. Now that you're lifting more weights and aerobic work, you need to optimize recovery. 
So that right. might look like increasing protein so that that muscle mass is going to get a little more dense and mature. It can look like adding a relaxation practice like yoga or meditation. Um, so there's so it's so individualized. So it's about keeping it customized to what your lifestyle is. And if your lifestyle has changed, how should your program and habits change to support? Okay. So making changes to your lifestyle to sort of keep it fresh mm -hmm. and sort of progressing beyond the fitness, you're looking at nutrition and you're looking at sleep. What about the emotional side? Mindset is key. So in doing so, we are what we repeatedly do. Right. So oftentimes we've all heard the sort of verbiage of fake it till you make it. Right. And I say, and I believe, and I encourage my clients to be it until you become it. Okay. So own those actions on a daily basis for your body to become what that original goal was. And then you will evolve that goal because your body and mind will be working together to achieve it. So sometimes someone can lose a tremendous amount of weight very quickly, but their mind doesn't believe that they have lost that weight. Right. So those old habits of that you might default to have not been removed. And there's that dangerous sort of slippery slope of compromise that's still in your... Right. It's like the emotional crutches of like late night eating, for exactly. example. Right. So yeah. until you absolutely own your new habits, you don't truly own your new lifestyle. So you almost have to believe it, right? Like, like there's the shock that you've accomplished the goal. And actually, the bigger the goal, the harder it is to reconcile right. that you've actually put in the work and achieved it. Absolutely. Believe me. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, like when you lose something like 50 pounds, it manifests itself in so many different ways. Your appearance, the way you carry yourself, the way people look at you. Yes. It actually makes you feel younger. You actually look younger. And all those things tend to be overwhelming. So I understand exactly what you're talking for about. For sure. Excellent. Melissa, all of that was fantastic advice. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having me. We've got to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to discuss the concept of healthy polyamory on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to another sponsor, WeVibe, creators of the Couples Vibrator. WeVibe designs premium products that work with your body to enhance pleasure and intimacy for couples. Their line of vibrators is one of the most recognized and respected. With a team of world-class designers working closely with experts in sexuality, health, and wellness, WeVibe continues to set new industry standards for designing intimate products that work beautifully in sync with the human body. Want to infuse more passion and connect with your partner in exciting new ways? Go to WeVibe.com. I'd also like to thank the Benvenuto Group, the Benvenuto Group is an owner and developer of quality high-rise condominium and rental properties in Toronto and Montreal. The Benvenuto team is passionate about delivering quality living spaces, top lifestyle amenities, important services, and innovative design tailored specifically to its residents in every particular submarket. The Benvenuto Group seeks out the finest urban neighborhoods and designs projects to allow its residents to enjoy the benefits of both their property and the exceptional locations that they become a part of. The team surrounds itself with leading professionals and consultants and pushes them to conceive great places to live, to work, and to play. The Benvenuto Group is currently designing several new projects in Toronto, Montreal, and Chicago that will not only become exceptional places to live as an owner or as a renter, but that will deliver some of the highest levels of sustainability, energy efficiency, and comfort, and will set the standard for informed residents. For more information, please visit thebenvenuto.com. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. 
Chantal Lemieux is the co-host and producer of the podcast Muses and Stuff. An award-nominated podcast, TAT celebrates women in rock and roll history. When she's not podcasting, she's practicing, teaching, and working at Yoga Space Toronto. Chantal is a recurring guest on the CIUT radio show Sex City and has appeared on that Eric Alper's Sirius XM radio show. Chantal is also a tonic magazine reader who reached out to see how she could be a part of this show. We discussed her podcast and work, and she happened to mention that she's polyamorous and how it works for her. I can barely function in one relationship, so the thought of being in several intrigued me, and I knew that I had to have her on the show, so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So, you know, I think for our listeners, we have to start at the very beginning. What is polyamory? What does it mean to you? So we'll give a definition of polyamory. And I think polyamory can be seen as having multiple long-term loving relationships with the full knowledge and consent of all parties involved. Okay, so it's it's not just about sex, right? No, but I would say there's always an intimate and romantic aspect to these relationships. Right, so there's an emotional element as, mm-hmm. in addition to the physical, right? Absolutely. It, it isn't just about sex with many partners, there's a relationship aspect to it that sort of transcends beyond sort of like, hi, hello, let's have sex, right? You nailed it. There. Wow. Good for me. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you get out of the polyamorous relationship? Why do you do it? Well, it actually happened naturally for me. I didn't say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to seek. It just kind of happened. And then I ended up putting the name to what I was doing. Um, so for me, it's just a relationship model that's an alternative to monogamy. And so I had been in, in a couple of monogamous relationships that were unhealthy. Okay. So when I decided to get out of those and focus on myself fully and truly, I ended up receiving some excellent people in my life that we ended up having relationships with. The most important thing for me was that I wanted to explore a way that I could have intimacy, but yet autonomy in a relationship. Okay. So for you, it's about personal freedom and being able to explore sort of different relationships. Is it that you're getting different things out of these different relationships? Yeah. So there was one relationship that was more of a spiritual and emotional and a less physical. There was maybe one that was more physical, but when I had that emotional or spiritual need, I didn't necessarily go to that person. There was one person in an open relationship and one person in an open marriage. And then, you know, a young man who just wasn't ready to commit in any kind of way to anybody. So that I met while traveling. Okay, so like that that's your life now. I, I, I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Sure. Do you think going forward that this is the way it's going to be for you? Or could you see yourself in a long-term monogamous relationship, having now experienced polyamory? Right. I think, well, actually, a new development in my relationship has been that one of these people who I've been with for four years now, and a lot of these people have been three, four years in my life, has become a primary partner. Okay. So before that, I was considering myself single poly. Right. Okay. So in other words, not necessarily in a long-term relationship, but in several relationships with no definition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then one of now I have this primary partner 
And it's this new exploration of terms. There's a lot of conversations that have to happen when you're in. I would um, imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So your partners, I mean, this is intriguing to me. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. It would be difficult for me. Is it difficult for your partners to be involved in polyamorous relationships or knowing that you are polyamorous? They all know what they want to know to a certain extent. So I've always made it very clear that I'm an open book but still maintaining privacy of my other relationships. Like, I won't divulge intimate details. However, there is one partner who knows but doesn't want to know who, when, where, how, anything like that. There's one partner that when we see each other, it's, so who's who's in the orbit and everybody's still here? What's going on? Anything new? And then, uh, yeah, so it's it's based on their own personal choice. Has it been difficult for you to sort of juggle your emotions? Like, are, do you compartmentalize or is it just that it all sort of flows and and you're able to sort of suss out your feelings for all the parties? It's been surprisingly smooth. It's um, Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they've all been so open and so, like, there's been lots of enough conversation, not too much about it right from the beginning, that anytime anything might come up, we're on it. And so... I would recommend this relationship model to anybody, any kind of young person who might want to explore what it might be like to allow themselves to love and be loved by multiple people and see how that works for them. Just keeping everything a dialogue, open, honest. Okay. Let's sort of contextualize polyamory, which you you were practicing and then sort of attached a name to, to what's happening sort of culturally now. Do you think that the world is more receptive to these types of relationships now? Absolutely. I think that it's we're coming on a really, really fantastic time where, you know, the the term double standard with men and women was always often it would come up well that's such a double standard because he can do this but we're not allowed to do this we're in i think a sexual revolution where there's all kinds of shows and podcasts about you know anti-slut shaming and anti-sex shaming so there's a lot more sex positivity and weren't we as women like owned by men for centuries so i, I personally have never owned a woman <laughs> i just want to be clear so there's so that our listeners don't call in to zoomer and i don't get emails to the podcast i've never owned a woman no and many people haven't but you know just in terms of um the old uh, model of marriage and what of that course. was, I, I was the exchange I was, of the cows for the women I don't know. <laughs> and I've never had any cows either, unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in today. Oh, it was a it, lot of fun. Thank it, you. It's really interesting to understand something that, you know, you haven't lived, but other people are. A lot of great books and stuff out there for people who want to know more. Perfect. We've got to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what your yoga instructor secretly wants to tell you on The Tonic. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to take this opportunity to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Purely Natural. They're fourth generation master herbalists. It's a family owned Canadian company that's been in business for over 100 years. They've been working with my company, Tonic Magazine, for over 10 years. And its principal, Joel Thuna, has been writing our fantastic preventative medicine column for over seven years. They're one of the original sponsors for the OMTO Yoga Festival. The company is certified GMP, kosher and organic. For more information about Purely Natural, please visit their website, purelynatural.com. Hi, I'm Jamie Busson, and I'm the publisher of Tonic Magazine and the host of The Tonic. 
I just wanted to remind you that the Tonic Talk Show is brought to you by Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness publication that I've been putting out for over 10 years. We're available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods, all in Toronto. You can learn more about the magazine by visiting our website, www.tonictoronto.com. And if you ever miss an episode of The Tonic, you can also hear it there. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Welcome back. Our next guest, Jelena Da Silva, is a well-certified, passionate yoga teacher. Her love for yoga takes her across the GTA to teach at several studios and multiple clients. Her background in psychology and college athletics infuses her classes with a strong understanding of how mind and body function. Whether leading a large outdoor event, like OMTO, a classroom of yogis, or in the home of a client, her philosophy for teaching is simple. Teach with love, empathy, patience, and humility. Yoga is a journey, not a destination. And for more information on Jelena, you can visit www.jelenayoga.com. Jelena is also the author of our Namaste column in the January issue of Tonic Magazine. She wrote a tell-all behind-the-scenes expose about the sordid life of a yoga instructor. Now, truthfully, it was a fun piece about the lighter side of yoga classes. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> so let's jump right into the big expose. Okay. What's the biggest misconception that people have about yoga instructors? Oh, it was hard to choose just one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you start with just one. Okay. So uh, the first thing that came to mind was the many conversations I've had where people say to me, you must be so relaxed all the time. And I just kind of stare at them with a blank stare and think to myself, no. No, not really. <laughs> so the internal life of an instructor is full of turmoil, is that it? <laughs> it's, yes, it's very hard. It's very difficult. When you become a yoga teacher, you don't really realize how much work goes into it behind the scenes because you just think about the time that you're in class. But right. then you're planning the class, you're traveling to the class, you're curating playlists, you're giving a lot of energy to people, and you love it because that energy exchange is amazing and you get addicted to the energy exchange, but... It's exhausting. You can start at 5.30 in the morning and you don't get home until like 10 o'clock at night. So. Yeah, you know, when you take the, the group classes, you don't think behind the curtain. You don't presume that the person who's teaching is fighting a cold or their kids are getting on their nerves or yeah. you know, something along those lines. Trust totally. me. Totally. You know. I mean, like, we're trying to make it look effortless, too. Like we have to come into the room. We put our yoga, hopefully not like the teacher voice on too much, but, you know, you just want to be relaxing and hold space for people. So it takes energy. All right. So we're going to do a little true and false section. Oh, okay? Lordy. <laughs> okay. So, so true or false, yoga instructors are impressed by the bendy people. Hmm. I can say this because I'm a bendy person myself. Okay. I'm actually, surprisingly, I'm bendy too. You wouldn't know it, but I, but I can <laughs> I bend. I can see that. No, I, I can bend. A, sorry, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Uh, I'm the guy that runs OMTO. So... People come into the classroom and, and they have these beautiful range of motions and it's, it's all wonderful to observe, but you can end, actually end up hurting yourself more often than not if you're really bendy and it becomes more about containment and controlling your range of motion. Um, and a lot of people kind of treat it like a, a theatrical piece. So right. dancing on the mat and, you know, looking around to see if anybody's watching the them. The peacocks. The peacocks. Yeah, they come in and they look fantastic. And I'm just like, nobody's watching you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So let's move on. So what what is your, as an instructor, what is your number one pet peeve? Ha, huh, well... 
For me, I think it's the sharing that is hard to come by. Like when what do you mean? people set up their mats in a yoga room, they get very attached to their spot. Like right. I am the back left hand corner of this room yeah. and none shall pass kind of thing. And so I want to tell you, like, <laughs> like when I when I take spinning classes, I must be in the front row. Yeah. But my reason is I don't want to look at the butts of the people that are in front of that me. That is an exceptionally <laughs> good reason. You don't right? want to see that. Yeah. Exactly. It's distracting. I understand. But as yeah. a, but when I teach classes and I see sort of people acting out, of yeah. course it's frustrating, right? Yeah, it's frustrating. And I get it too. I like to be near a wall. There's like some kind of safety to being near something I can fall into. So I understand it, but I just find it funny that I'm having to explain the concept of sharing to like 30, 40, 50 year old people that you need to move your mat, practice non-attachment, a precept of yoga. So yeah, it's, I hear you. It's interesting. <laughs> okay. So, you know, a lot of people when they're taking classes, you know, they, they sort of conflate, you know, they, they compare sort of working out with yoga. And mm. of course, you know, yoga is much more than just the physical movement. Yeah. So maybe we should discuss a little bit about that and the way people are approaching classes and how you feel about that. I would love to. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's well, so true. Go ahead. Like I like to say, well, one of my teachers once told me that the asana, the physical posture, is the top of the iceberg. It's the part that you see above the water, but the right. other 90% is below the surface. So the philosophy, the breathing, the meditation, the mindfulness, that is what makes up so much of the practice. And the asana is usually what gets most people through the door, but that's not usually why they stay. It's the peace of mind. It's the calm and all of that. Um, but some people get stuck in the asana. And as a teacher, you want to try and guide them a little bit more towards the stuff that's below the surface. And that's a little bit trickier to do. So Okay. So if, if you were going to give one piece of advice to anybody that's going to take a, a yoga class as an instructor, if you're going to whisper in their ear, what would it be? <laughs> well, should I mention what I said before? Yeah, you should. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Please, please, for the love of all that is good, leave your cell phone outside of the room. So, okay. And it's funny, I tell people this and they're in shock. They, they're like, people actually bring their cell phones in? I'm like, yes, I've had people try and text in the middle of class. I've had, I've had people taking calls in the middle of spin class. Oh it's, my gosh. It's so distracting. And it, you know, it's not just distracting to the teacher, it's distracting to everybody that's around you, right? Yeah, it is. It's disrespectful, you know, and... So you have to, like, I have to, you know, find my calm place and explain to them, you know, you need to turn the cell phone off. And I mean, it's it's that one hour. We spend so much time on our devices. It's that one hour we right. have to just not be attached, usually for most people, to some kind of device during the day. So, And, uh, and also, um, I think, you know, you and I discussed this before. It, it's also, you know, lighten up, right? Like, yes. you, you, you know, not every, <laughs> why so serious, son? You know, like you have to, you have to enjoy the time that you're taking for yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's very true. Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming in today. We're going to have you back soon because we're hoping that you're going to be a part of OMTO again this year. And I hope so, too. We'll be promoting that in a few months. <laughs> and thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can download this episode as a podcast on zoomerradio.ca and thetonic.ca. For articles written by Jelena De Silva, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at www.tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we'll discuss the health benefits of milk thistle, the top tips to reduce sugar, and the best cookbooks to help with your wellness goals in 2018. This is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.